All right, Fast X Sports Show. It is January 28th. It's a special Thursday edition of the show. We got a couple things that are on the docket today, but most importantly, I'm joined by Scrambled Legs founder and podcast host and blogger, uh, Mr. Noah Jacobs. Uh, how you doing today, brother? You know, pretty good. This kind of takes me back to the original days of Fast Tax Squirt. You know, I decided yep. to try and get into this, and <laughs> it's been it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. We're we're over a year into it now, and um, being back on the original Fast Tax Sports Show, the thing that kind of brought me into it in the first place. No place I'd rather be right now on this special Thursday edition. So, back to you. I love it. All right, uh, well, I'm gonna throw right back to you real quick. Uh, just right off the top of the pod, can you kind of throw out some of the things that Scrambled Legs doing? I know you just had what an Olympian on the show today, didn't you? Yep, so today's episode we released was with uh, 1996 Olympian and uh, 95 and 96 U.S. champion in the 1500. He's from Cadillac, Michigan, up north, still living in Michigan. He's coaching. Uh, he's just got some great stories. The, the one thing I'll, I'll say to try and yep. drive you to it is he's the world's fastest eight-toed miler. He only has eight toes. <laughs> he had a lawn mowing accident. Oh, God. And he went on to run faster after he had that accident, really? which is crazy. So he, yeah, he holds that, which is pretty awesome. Um, ben is doing the musical training plan. The bracket is currently in the Elite Eight. Final Four is coming up, and I know Teenage Dream and Thriller yeah. are really going at it right now. Teenage but other Dream. than that, you know, you can just keep looking to every week. Ben will be getting some stuff out. I'll be getting some stuff out. Wyatt, with talking about practice, will be getting some stuff out. So there's always some good content, usually running or music-based between Ben and I, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. But, yeah, that's the eight-toed Olympian. I love it. That's uh, those are a couple couple big cliffhangers. Uh, Teenage Dream is the people's champion. That's who I've thrown my weight behind. That's who I want to see win that bracket. But uh, on today's show, we're going to be talking about Jake Paul uh, and his upcoming fight against former UFC fighter Ben Askren. We're also going to be talking about the TNT uh, inside the NBA beef with a lot of the current NBA players. We're going to talk about all that and maybe a little, even a little bit more right after this quick break. We'll be young forever. So April 17th, uh, for those who don't know, I'll just do a quick background. Uh, probably a lot of our listeners who are above the age of 40 maybe have no idea who the heck Jake Paul even is. He's, he started off as a YouTuber. Uh, you probably know his brother more than him. He was His brother was the guy that did the story in the Japan Suicide Forest and received a lot of backlash for that. Uh, but he's a super popular YouTuber who's basically became like a boxer sort of out of nowhere. But what's kind of funny to me about this whole situation is with this upcoming fight he has scheduled, uh, with former UFC fighter Ben Askren, is this guy, love him or hate him, probably most people hate him, you he you have to watch him. You have to watch him when he's fighting. He His story, if he somehow knocks this guy out or just flat out beats him, like then you got to almost take him serious. Everyone's been saying to this guy, hey, dude, like a UFC fighter would knock you out, a UFC fighter would do this to you. And I know Askren is like, he just had hip surgery, and he's clearly like past his prime as a retired 36-year-old. But regardless, this guy is must-watch now. And after a weekend of watching what was just an absolute shell of Conor McGregor, who, according to like Khabib, basically has been fighting like his sparring partners are just complete scrubs, and he wasn't prepared at all for the fight, and he's just old. And as soon as the fight was over, it seemed like Conor McGregor didn't even care that he lost, and he's just on with his life. He's got a kid now and so many other things that he's not even in really in the scrum of it anymore in the UFC. We need a new white in white knight in shining armor, and I think that's Jake Paul. Uh, believe it or not, I think it's Jake Paul. Sure, boxing sucks. 
boxing so sucks. But if he's knocking guys out, like we saw him do to Nate Robinson, then I'm all for it. I might not watch the fight. I might not pay for it. But I'm going to be on pins and needles waiting to see the results on Twitter soon thereafter. Your thoughts on Jake Paul and just the fact that this guy might be the biggest draw in fighting right now. Yeah, so I think you hit some of it on the nose is he's going to put on a show. Yeah. I've seen, you know, he's challenging different fighters to to come and fight him, and he is very out in the open about it. He is, I don't know if he's trying to be the villain or he's trying to just bring a lot of fire and intensity to it, Yeah, but he certainly makes a name for himself. There's no such thing as humility to that guy. He's talking about money. He's talking about all this different stuff, and he wants to go at all the biggest names he can go at. That's that's what I'll he's trying it. to do, and... yeah go ahead well we'll see you know i'm intrigued i haven't like you said boxing slow kind of boring not a huge fan i don't love the paul brothers per se yeah they're not great but you know he's bringing a little he's bringing some energy he's bringing some fire into it and i think that's a good thing and even if it's you hate him then you want to watch or you want to see what's happening because you want to see him lose. And I think that's something that people just don't care about boxing or certain like parts of fighting right now that you just, you want to either root for or against somebody. And he's bringing that one way or the other. And and it, you, yes, exactly. It, you want, whether or not the guy's like a good fighter or not, like he might not be as good of a fighter as this like Ryan Garcia character who is all over social media now, just because he can punch a, a little speed bag, like super fast. Like, I care more about watching Jake Paul fight than that guy because whoever the heck that guy is going to be fighting like Manny Pacquiao, 45 year old Manny Pacquiao or some other guy that weighs 110 pounds like in his division. I don't care about that fight. What I care about is Jake Paul, you know, talking about this guy's wife saying, quote unquote, she's thick after the fight. Let's see what happens. You know, I might get with her. Like it just like I don't whether you like the guy. You got to see that he's kind of funny. And there's a reason he has all these followers on YouTube and all these different platforms because he's entertaining. And I need to see this guy fight. People are shitting on him saying like, you know, you shouldn't be fighting. This is a joke. Hey, he's entertaining me. And that's at the end of the day, that's what's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm barely following along all that stuff. McGregor going down was almost embarrassing there. You know, he's not the same guy he once was. And like you said, someone needs to step up and hopefully he can back some of it up. Like at least there's going to be. He's not going to win every fight. He's not the best fighter. We've seen that. Nate Robinson yeah. is about the same size <laughs> as you and me. So, <laughs> what a um, fight that was. You know, you could take him down, but it's hopefully, you know, he continues to bring some excitement and he he gets better and he can actually challenge, you know, some of those some big names that people are going to want to watch and not okay. Obviously, if he goes and fights the absolute best in the world, he's going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. But, you know, if he keeps working his way up, maybe he can get into a point where He's, you know, he's an underdog, but he's got a shot. And then, you know, Vegas goes wild on that stuff. Everything goes crazy. And he's bringing the attention, like you said. And maybe I'm just the biggest idiot in the entire world. And this is something I never, it was sort of, it reminds me a lot of when Conor McGregor was fighting Floyd Mayweather, where by the time the fight like rolled around and all the promo had been done and Conor McGregor was talking all this shit, I was like, dude, he actually probably is going to beat this guy. Like, I, I was dumb, but that's kind of how I feel about Jake Paul right now. I'm listening to, like, interviews he's doing where he's talking about, you know, boxing is an art and MMA is a brawl. Like, I'm working on boxing 24-7. These guys are working on, you know, 10 different skill sets they have to have in the UFC. I've been doing this for two years. He's only been, you know, fighting in the UFC for so and so long. Like, he hasn't been practicing boxing. I'm, like, starting to believe this guy that, shoot, he might have an honest chance to... To, we need him. We need the McGregor. If he somehow, some way, beats Ben Askren, 
the next step is Conor McGregor. I don't know how you don't go right to Conor McGregor from there and just see what happens. Because Conor McGregor is down and out right now. You you hear about Dana White talking about how he should fight Nate Diaz for the third time or he should fight like Khabib isn't even going to fight him because Khabib's so many levels like just above these guys where it seems like the literally the only logical answer for McGregor to come back ever again would be to one box cuz he's not going to get seriously injured. And two, against somebody who's going to like drive up some pay-per-view sales. And that is Jake Bingo. Paul. So Jake Paul's the hero we need. Is, is, the whole roundabout way was for me to say, <laughs> this guy is a hero, and we need to be celebrating this guy instead of shitting on him every chance we get on social media. Closing thoughts on Jake Paul. I think even shitting on him is right. It brings that attention and brings some of that fire and, you know, love or hate this guy. People are going to come to watch him. So I'm not going to call him a hero, but I think he's, <laughs> you know, he's the... The hero he's boxing the unsung needs. electricity coming back in. He's the new the new kid on the block that's making some noise, and he's not afraid to you know be a little bold with it. So he's hopefully we you know we see this continue to go, and we kind of get a, an upswing in fighting because I've never followed fighting a huge amount in my life, but it seems like it's kind of trending in a decent direction right now. I'm not sure though. So I love it. Yeah, this is the last thing I'll say about it is boxing wants this character Ryan Garcia. Who and this is just me being flat out stepping on a line. He just seems like a total jerk and dick, kind of. Just in my opinion, frat boy type guy. I don't know how else to like. Just from what I gather on just watching interviews with him, Jake Paul is putting the actual butts in the seats with what he's doing for boxing. They don't want him. They think he's a joke. They won't sponsor him. You know, he's having to do all this shit on like the Triller app or whatever. But he's bringing people to boxing more than any of these other fighters are, uh, especially now that Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao are gone. But all right, speaking of beefs, let's move on to the second portion of today's show. Uh, I'll give a quick rundown for people who may not know this story, too. Uh, So the TNT Inside the NBA crew, which is Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny Johnson, uh, Kenny Kenny Jet Smith, and uh, Charles Barkley basically have been going at NBA players this entire season. Uh, The first one was at the start of the year when they interviewed KD after the very first game of the season where Barkley had basically called Durant last year uh, quote-unquote passenger on the Warriors' two NBA teams, (laughs) which is just a funny way to put it. Uh, And because of that, KD basically was just giving him one-word answers the entire time that he was interviewing him. Uh, And then most notably, lately, uh, they interviewed Donovan Mitchell where Shaq came out. Your guy Shaq, your favorite player ever. uh, Shaq came out (laughs) against Donovan Mitchell uh, where right after Donovan Mitchell had a game where he was like, I think he had like 36 points, 7 rebounds, and like 5 assists or something like that. Shaq basically says, you're not a superstar. You're never going to be a superstar. uh, Your thoughts. And all Donovan Mitchell said was, I eat. (laughs) That's all he said. (laughs) Which is kind of the perfect response to that. But uh, just my opening thoughts on this are, why do people hate on these shows, like especially this specific show that um, does this? Because it's what what they are is they ask the questions that no other show asks. They ask the hard hitting ones. They're former players that are like super duper well respected. If they don't ask questions like this and say the things that literally everyone on social media and what everyone is thinking like aloud and ask these guys these questions, what you get is like Sunday NFL countdown on ESPN, which is the worst like pregame, postgame show maybe ever created. 
So what you get here is, yes, it's going to bother the players. And I don't understand why people just go to the, like, are supporting these players in the situation when, in actuality, the media is who we want. We want them to be this way. We want them to have an entertaining show that asks people, like, tough questions that get us information that we actually want to hear instead of the classic, like, hey, you had 36 points tonight. Like, how did it feel? How did you guys get the job done? Like, just the stupid, normal questions that you always hear. So I'm 100% throwing all my weight behind the inside the NBA crew. Yeah, no, I love it, and um, I, I love Shaq. Like his his social media, everything he does. He's he's a funny guy, you know. He's just yeah. a giant, and he he comes on. And I don't the way in watching the Donovan Mitchell interview, he said, "I want you to hear this. Like, I don't think you're ready to take a team to the next level. Like, I don't yeah. think you're that kind of player yet that you're going to be able to carry a team to a championship or be able to beat a LeBron type team. Like, you're not there yet, but you're really good. Like, good game." That was fun to watch. And right down Mitchell says, I, and everyone starts hating on all this stuff. But, you know, a guy who's been there, done that, and Charles yep. Barkley, who's been to the finals, played with some great players, uh, one of the best rebounders ever, even for being 6'4", or whatever Barkley is, you know, these guys take some shots. And they're not, like, pure hatred. They're not terrible. But, you know, they, they get in the players' heads, and the world is such a, oh, you know, everyone just be super humble and just like, Oh, great game. This guy had a great game. There shouldn't be beef, this and that, but these guys, right. They're asking those hard questions. They're, they're kind of giving an honest opinion and it's not the same as every other show. You know, the two or three nights a week you get NBA on TNT. It's a good show. Like these guys show up and they produce quality stuff when the court, when there's nothing happening on the court. And that's one of the best parts about it. So you know, in creating this beef, they're not coming out and saying these guys suck. Like this is all fake, this and that. Like the Shaq one was just—I don't know why people are overreacting to that so much. And the KD one, that one might be a little less called for from Barkley to say, <laughs> "Oh, this guy was a passenger because he was a top Finals MVP top twice in the NBA yeah. at the time." So, um, but like, I don't—I get—I get what he's saying, and just uh, you know, you got to do it on your own to really you know, be proven as I can be a top 10 player ever. So these guys, you know, they give their honest opinion and they have a lot of fun with each other too. Like the highlights and clips you can find on YouTube yeah. of that show is, is it's really in, enjoyable. And, you know, when the Lakers happen to play the Bucks and it's NBA on TNT and I turn it on for a little bit, I don't watch a ton of NBA during the school year, but you know, all right, you flip something on for a little bit. Like those guys, they put up a decent halftime show. They cover some other stuff, and they're just generally pretty funny people, and they go at each other too. So it's not like they don't pick on everybody. They just pick on everybody. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and just kind of give the good cop, bad cop routine to Shaq. So Shaq, in an Instagram post after like he's been getting all this shit, he said uh, he has, quote-unquote, I have G14 level <laughs> certification to say these sort of things, which I do tend to agree with. I mean, how many titles does he have? Four titles. Uh, yep. And he just was absolute dominant force. But the one thing I'll say about that is – it's not like he was like Kobe Bryant, like living in a gym. He showed up overweight every single year. He basically relied entirely on what was essentially given to him, you know, from birth. The seven, he's seven foot tall, like 300 pounds, like just fast, quick, like tough, like just everything about Shaq is pretty much God given, I would say. And that's why like a player like Kobe hated him so much for it is because he didn't work hard at all. So that's one thing I will say is like almost like kind of the shot back at Shaq. Like, yeah, you have all these accolades and stuff, but that doesn't mean that you know what you're talking about when it comes to basketball because I feel like more than any other player ever in the history of the NBA, what you did was almost entirely due to your athleticism. Yeah, I mean, there's 
there's some truth to that. Like Shaq is one of the most notorious, you know, he'd show up, he'd play his way into shape, but that was, you know, that was one of the things that kept him screwed on for a whole season mentally. And you've seen it That's true. through different little documentaries, whether it's like him when he was in Orlando or stuff between him and Kobe that, you know, he, he could lose focus really easily. And once you, you turn it off for him, it was, you know, it's not, it's not as fun anymore. So he kind of figured out how to do it. And when he finally got challenged, in the 2000-2001 season, he was just a, a runaway MVP, and he was like 32-16 and 16 or something, just a ridiculous season. And, yeah, I mean, obviously his posture, but, you know, you see you see guys in the NBA now that are, are 7-1 and probably not quite as big and physical as Shaq because the game is so different now, but he he did what he needed to do every year, and in big games he was always there. So it wasn't yeah. – he didn't fold. I mean, he definitely had some games where, you know, he got – shut down a little bit more because you he wasn't a three-point shooter he's not a free throw shooter really but he he's played with a ton of great players he's seen a bunch of incredible teams whether he was playing against or playing for and coaches and i think you could say the same about those other guys on there that you know kenny the jet smith got to play with hakeem Olajuwon, charles barkley got to play on the dream team like all this different stuff you want to talk about uh, these guys i don't know if you know like going to your Instagram and saying, you know, I have this G14 classification <laughs> uh, or certification or whatever. What the hell? Okay. Can you explain what the hell is G14? Is that like for military purposes? That's like a president, right? You like to access to the nuclear bombs and stuff. Something like that. Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that going to social media and, you know, saying I have all this stuff is going to fix all the situations. And a lot of, a lot of players seem to be, siding with the other players but these guys aren't out to you know ruin people's careers and expose terrible things or just like be super negative towards everybody i don't think that's their goal i think their goal is to entertain to call it how they see it and and try to push players to be as good as they can like the utah jazz they're a good team but right if you're an honest person that watches the nba all the time you don't think they can beat the clippers or the lakers or the bucks or the nets like that's just where they are in a seven game series and i don't think it's wrong to tell a player that that's how you feel, you know? Yeah, I, I would rather it, like, people will complain about, I would rather, they say it right to the players. It's not like he's running from it, you know, saying it, and then, like, with KD, where he comes back, like, a year later, and is still pissed about it. Shaq said it right to him. Now, I will say the question's a little bit of a joke. Like, he basically, what he said right before that was that uh, Mitchell will never be the best player on, like, a championship team. Like, he's the number two or three option. Like, how do you want Donovan Mitchell to respond to that? Would be, like, I guess the devil's advocate to that. It's like, what do you want him to say? Like, Oh yeah. Like I am the number one. Like it's such a, it's such a lose lose situation for Mitchell where I'm so glad that he just said that because there's really no way for him to answer that in a good way. And it's just like a slap in the face. Really? I get that Shaq is this guy that's so good and all this and that, but it it is a little bit of a joke. And when you have players like LeBron speaking out against it, this is what LeBron had to say about it. He said, there's a difference between constructive criticism and, and soft hating, though. I've seen it both ways come my way, mostly the hate. You can hear it in their delivery. It is fairly true that Shaq's delivery was pretty much like, dude, you kind of suck. <laughs> like, I mean, how else do you take that? If you're Donovan Mitchell, how else do you really take what he said to him? And what do you even say to it? Like, let me say, let's say you're Donovan Mitchell. How, how do you even answer that? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in what he said was pretty close to as right as you can really say and you know he just said all right and then he said i'm just gonna keep working i'm just gonna keep doing my thing i'm gonna keep getting better you know i i've proved that i was worthy of being in this league my first year and i've gotten better and better and i'm gonna keep working on things and keep 
you know, trying to help the team in whatever way I can. And that's fine. Just add to that and it'll fuel my fire. And I think that's the kind of thing you needed to say, but there's no, right. When you put a guy on the spot with a question like that, it is a total lose lose for Mitchell, which sucks, but he, he gave a pretty good answer. And I don't know, right. If he was just like, no, I am the guy and the best, like, okay, well now you really got to back it up and now you're really going to be scrutinized. But I think he gave a good answer and just, you know, I'm gonna keep working my butt off. I'm gonna keep getting better. And we're gonna see what happens. So, you know, there is yeah, that's a tough like to take that thirty second clip <laughs> that I saw on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere. There's no win really on either side of that. People are gonna no. hate Shaq for what he said and people are gonna be like, Oh, you know, Mitchell should have given a better answer or should have said something different. Like I there's no it's a lose lose to each side, really. And it's but, I mean, that's part of what makes the show good. They're not afraid to do that, and they've continually done it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the last thing I would say on this uh, before we wrap it up is it. I love what they're at. I love, like, the thing they're going for here, which is basically they're going to call players out, and it's, you know, it's not your typical dumb questions that you don't get anything out of. But I will say it's they got to find better ways to like ask it like what Shaq asked him. There was no way for Mitchell to really respond to that. So that's the one thing I'll say I'm siding with the players with the uh, t- inside the NBA crew. I love the show. I love everything they're doing for the players that are whining about this. Just don't go on the show. Like it's really, it's really that simple uh, or, or just go on the show and tell them how you feel, you know, enough with the Instagrams back and forth and all this and that. Just tell them how you feel. Uh, or just flat out ignore the show like what LeBron does to Skip Bayless. It's pretty simple. Uh, but all right, your closing thoughts on this topic before we wrap this up, or anything else in general? I think it's actually been a, a surprisingly decent NBA season so far. Yeah. Um, and I think the show is going to continue to bring some some attention, maybe not positive, maybe it's negative, whatever, to to the NBA. And I think they do a great job of having big-name former NBA players on it and indifferent to the you – know, the, Sunday Sunday night football before and after show or whatever you want to talk about with like the NFL they they do a better job and that's one of the things that you know I really like about the playoffs or when these guys are more frequently around and the NBA does a really awesome job of getting you know magic will come on for little stuff and all kinds of like former players that are related to teams will come on for stuff everyone but Jordan really doesn't he doesn't really do many interviews but it's you know, the NBA is, is really exciting, and I don't know why. I love to follow it so much, but this kind of stuff, you know, it keeps it keeps stirring it, and the constant, you know, players, like, working, and it's so easy to see kind of who is, who's getting to that next level. Like, for example, Colin Sexton this year has been crazy, yep. and no one would have ever thought that with the Cavs, but, you know, there's, there's guys all over the league, and it's easy to see when there's just 10 guys on the court in total at any given time that, you know, who's really making jumps, who's really getting better, so... The NBA, good sport to follow if you haven't been following. You know, Fats and I, we've got a little fantasy basketball league we're in. We like to draw at each other through that a little bit. And yep. it's, you know, it's a it's an easier sport to follow than oh, baseball. Don't even get me started on baseball. But it's it's pretty good. But all right, uh, I got one question for you. Your yep. Super Bowl prediction right now, well, who would you say? Super Bowl prediction, uh, the, the Chiefs are uh, favored by three points. I don't know how you can go against Kansas City, really, to be 100% honest. I think it's going to be a bit of a back-and-forth game, but just look at what Kansas City have. They have Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback. Uh, they have the best coach between the two teams, between Bruce Arians and Andy Reid. They have – what's funny about the Chiefs is, like, whereas you see, like, an Alabama or, like, a Patriots where constantly their coaches are getting poached, 
because uh, Eric Bieniemy is pretty much the only reason I can think of is because he's black, and a lot of these other guys like they just they don't get picked off from the Kansas City coaching tree. So they're still like firing out in full cylinders, and they will be for the foreseeable future as long as Bieniemy just stays as like the offensive coordinator there. Uh, and they have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey might be the best tight end I've ever seen, better than Gronk. They are just 100 percent uh, the better team. I, I don't see how you can take the Buccaneers. I understand they have Tom Brady, but. I feel like they're kind of just lucky to even be to this point. Tom Brady's kind of dragged them, but other than that, I just think you got 100%. I'm going Chiefs, uh, both against the spread and money line. I, you can't. The Chiefs are there. If they win this one, they are in serious like New England Patriots like potential territory as like being the franchise for the next like foreseeable future. But if they lose, I could see it becoming sort of like a Seattle Seahawks scenario where everything falls apart after uh super bowl loss what looked like it was going to be uh just a franchise for years to come kind of just falls right apart so that's where i'm leaning what do you think yeah i don't see there i don't see any way the chiefs are going to lose i'm i'm rooting for a good game that's about it yeah. i got the chiefs winning this one i 100 percent agree I'm, it's one of those things where i guess if i had to pick who i wanted to win it would be the buccaneers but it's hard to not like Patrick Mahomes. It's hard not to love watching the Chiefs and Andy Reid and that entire team. So I'm cool either way. But all right, uh, before we wrap this up, throw out one last time kind of where our listeners can find you and some of the stuff off the top that you mentioned about scrambled legs and what you got coming down the pipe. Yeah, absolutely. So Ben's musical training plan, you know, the bracket challenge is going on right now. And next month, right at the beginning of the month, he'll drop another seven albums for you guys to listen nice. to if you're interested in checking be- out some new music. I believe it's We've all got surrounded. Every Monday, talking about practice with Wyatt LeClear. Besides some Mondays, you know, we all get a little vacation. <laughs> Classic. Yep. Goddamn. You never really know what might be coming. Uh-huh. And Thursdays is the Scrambled Legs podcast, so we're looking to get some more good guests on. There's a lot of good talk going on and you know most recently we we just got to talk to an olympian for the first time on the show so pretty awesome make sure you guys check it out make sure you guys check out fat sack sports as well and the blog ben puts his blogs up there jared i love your blogs yep. it's all entertaining stuff so yeah I, I will say uh the i've been re- i've been i caught up on all of ben's blogs last night uh they're great i love them uh it's it's weird seeing such a professionally written blog on a blog filled with a bunch of idiots like myself and Fast X Klaus and some of the other guys that are under the Fast X umbrella. Uh, but all right, uh, check that out. And uh, thank you for listening if you listened this far. Uh, new podcast dropping every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday generally. Uh, new episode coming out tomorrow all around who I have uh, placed some gambling bets on this weekend. So make sure you keep an eye out for that if you'd like to follow my bets. Uh, for all that uh, and for me and for Mr. Jacobs here, thank you for listening. So long. We'll be young for-